Lauren said she's very invested in part two. Does <laughs> <laughs> have any questions? <laughs> Three, two, one. Ah, oh, yeah. And we're back. Welcome back to the Aim A Little Higher podcast. Back by popular demand. Wow. Big statement. A big statement. Big statement. Sometimes I'm going to resist freestyling today. Storm, do you want to freestyle? No. Quick couple. I would not. Quick couple bars. It's a shame. I thought like it could have been a warm up for you, and then this week you were gonna come with some fire bars. Like as soon as that beat dropped, Aww. and it's gonna become a thing back to back each week. Eliza's gonna come in the week after with some bars, yeah. and like long term we end up like rap battling basically. Wow. Okay. But no, that's cool. That's cool. I just put it out there. Put it out there. Uh, I think that's a different type of podcast. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't be a guest on that one. <laughs> fair. Fair. Well, well, never say never. Never say never. I could do that one from Karate Kid. Never say never. Never oh. say never with Justin Bieber. He might be bigger than me, stronger than me. His arms a little bit longer than me. Being so he on his JB song with me. <laughs> yeah. Storm, can you name that movie? I just Karate said it. Kid. Who was in it? Jaden Smith. Oh, look at that. She's not that I'm young. I'm not that young. Oh. Not the original Karate Kid. No. Did you watch the original? Yes, I did. Oh my gosh, I am impressed. I didn't really like the original. Sorry. What? Why? You can just cut that bit out, it's fine. The original was amazing. To be fair, like, either of them I wasn't enthused by, I wouldn't watch them again. The principles in that pro- in that movie, wax on, wax off, the, the, the pointless... What felt like pointless exercises building up to something grand that in the end won him the. the well, the you've heaviest. ruined the story for anyone else now. If you've not seen Karate Kid at this point, I, I apologise. Like you, you just you deserve to have it ruined. <laughs> there's like there's there's a few movies like that. If you've not seen Titanic at this point, I mean I, I've not seen Titanic, but I never will. So that's, that's yeah. Fair. I think like anyone that survived Titanic, well done, because I didn't. It's a long movie, it's right? A long movie. It's like Avatar so long I've I really not, like Avatar do you know I've not seen Avatar it's really good I do really want to see it but it's just it drags well, a little bit you've though. got to clear out a day basically I mean if you're yeah. quiet quitting then I guess it's a, it's a game <laughs> that you've just cracked that on on the computer couldn't you and watch that for three hours there you go you're quiet quitting it's absolutely sorted out um, <laughs> I should introduce we have we have our, our panel back uh, it's it's your co-host Kamal I was going to say ah not your boy I'm Kamal. Uh, joined as always by your other co-host. Are we all co-hosts at this point? I feel like I deserve the title of a co-host. Yeah, you used to be a guest, and then you just keep coming back. At which point you <laughs> forcing like, us to. I, I feel like say again by popular demand. <laughs> <laughs> We've already used that phrase though. Keep coming back popular demand. So basically, at this point, our other co-host, Eliza. Welcome. And Storm, but I think I actually said my name. No, you what did you do? Just say I'm a co. You yeah, have I was a, like the other co-host. Wait, are you a co-host too? Oh, I thought yeah. I thought no, you were no, saying no, I've got to. No, no, no. She missed her intro. It's done now. Nobody <laughs> knows who I am. I thought saying I've got to such a level now. I don't need to introduce I don't myself. Need introduction, you, guys. You know I'm know. here. You know what I mean? Do you not know who I am? Seriously, respect it. Um, 
this podcast today actually is it's beautiful because I've been saying we really want you as listeners to get involved in the podcast, right? We don't want to be in this like echo chamber of just us going back and forth. It's for you. So we like your feedback. And we've had some feedback, which is awesome. There are some people who had a listen, loved some of the points and had some follow-up questions or some follow-up points. They're like, hey, you touched on this, but I need you to go deeper and love that. So thank you for your feedback. And that's what we're going to do today. Quiet Quitting Part 2. Before we start. Well, we say Part 2. Yeah. I'm guessing that's going to lie on your point. Part two of the Houses of Commons. Oh, my gosh. Of part. the UK's horrible British Parliament currently. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, what part are we on if we had to sit and count? In the last year, what, three Prime Ministers now? Yeah, three Prime Ministers in a year. No. Slightly embarrassing. Number I mean, three is walked through the door. We say slightly embarrassing, although mm. let's look at, like, Russia that has this Putin for the last however many years mm. and due to, like, a lot of elections being just fake and yeah. not re-elections. Slightly, like, not good. Yeah. It's farcical. But it is good that people, like, she she didn't need to step down. She, she could have all. just messed up the whole entire country and gone, oh, well, Until I'm going to take, and I'm gonna take my check. Yeah, do you know what I mean? True, true. And so I'm glad we live in a country where people do still feel embarrassment for not doing a good job mm. because there is a worst-case scenario. And to be honest... Mm. arguably from what people are saying is like she shouldn't get her check and also she doesn't care about the people at the bottom well she didn't really care about you she'd just stay in position uh, yeah you know 100%. what i mean so like i arguably think i'm i'm glad that we live in a country where people feel like they've messed up and somebody else could do the job better so i'll step down um mm. because otherwise there's a lot of people in this country that would just take that check of doing a bad job or quite quick. oh yeah and also <laughs> <laughs> stay in the role for at least 111 days just so they won't go down as like the shortest ever Prime Minister it becomes purely about how's my name going to be remembered and they play those games hmm. instead of actually what's best for the country so no I've, I I find myself actually quite like feeling sorry for her and just in the way of like how I think it's been dealt with. I know I know a lot of people don't I do I, I feel sorry for her I think like she messed up don't get me wrong but damn, man, the shortest ever prime minister in history. And let's. Is who's it the fact that you feel sorry for her because she's a woman? No. Okay. I feel sorry for her because it's a someone who got into a role, has done their best. She didn't do anything that lacked integrity. She wasn't like it wasn't a character flaw. It was just bad decisions, and a bad overall idea of how to fix the problem, which the members voted for. Even though she told us before she got into power in all these debates what she was going to do Rishi stood there and said I've heard your plan your plan's bad it's going to end up with mortgage rates right blah, blah, blah. everyone heard it and they still voted for her so it's like you put this person in with a flawed plan she told you the plan she executed the plan and you're like oh she's terrible it's like pay attention to when it was being said do you know what I mean so I feel sorry for her in that sense if I've said I've got this idea and you'll go yeah putting you in go and do the idea then I do the idea and then you're like that idea was rubbish you're the worst prime minister ever I feel a bit sorry for her do you know what I mean? And then the press is just, oh, well, you know what our media system's like. Once they get a target, it's it's go hard. Yeah, I'll just do a good job and then you won't be the media's target. That's the other option. <laughs> You've walked into a role, really. That's the other option. You're up for scrutiny yeah. and sadly you didn't do a good job. Like, yeah. And you you are there to take responsibility. That's the the role of any managerial role and, and definitely the, the job of the Highest media. office in the country, so. I guess. Yeah. And don't go wrong. It's right that she resigned. Do Not I think she should take job. her check, though? Yes, I do. She works a job. Fair enough, she didn't do it overly well, but I don't know why we're arguing about how much money she should take her. I just think it's 
it's not good. Like, if you think that money is going to go to the rest of the public, it's not. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's like, going to go towards some wine for the next house next party. For the Rishi's party, for getting into office, <laughs> that's what it's going to go to. It's, it ain't going to go to you. So stuff I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if you've seen it as well, but I, so I got an email, change.org, hey, sign this petition, a petition to get Liz Trust to fore, uh, forego, to give up her £115,000 annual allowance that everybody gets to be the next Prime Minister. For me, is she next Prime Minister? Yes. So she gets the allowance. Period. Full stop. That's it. Unless you can take away from everybody, then fair play. But it's everybody or it's nobody. This in-between of, well, I didn't like this Prime Minister or didn't it? No. Pick one. Because actually, wouldn't it be worse if she stayed in office and just held office even though things were going wrong? No, she's the right thing stepping down. Take a check and go and do a job as MP and, and restore your, your... Also, can I just say, I think it's utterly ridiculous that we put it down to some public change.org. Like I'm, sure I'm sure I've had a change.org for like some Katie Price mission that she was on. I'm not being funny, but like you can do anything for change.org. Should be on change.org. I just think it's utterly weird. Like oh, I'm not going to change someone's salary from signing a petition. I don't know anything about the contracts that they've signed. I haven't seen any detail. No, I, I don't really know what she did. I don't know how long she's worked in office. I don't know what like all the entry requirements are to get that check. Mm. So for me to sign a petition on just because someone said, I yeah. don't think that like no. Yeah, sorry, I'm, no. I'm not. I'm not down for it personally. Do you keep the check or or give up the check, still? I don't really care. <laughs> to be honest, like the money's not gonna come out and go anywhere. No, interesting it's not coming to, to my pocket if she doesn't take it. So I really don't care. Yeah, fair. So we've got a new prime minister announced a few hours ago. Rishi Sunak is our new prime minister. Uh, oh, I've been a long term fan. <laughs> I yeah. When it came to like the the debates, I thought. Rishi came across best. He had the re- most realistic plan. Um, he was acknowledged the problems, said it was going to be horrible, but it will be fixed in the long term. Uh, while Liz was more like, oh no, we'll just borrow more money and it will be fine. And everything he said would happen has happened. So of this bunch, yeah, I think he's the right person. Uh, I would have been mad if it was Penny though. I liked, I liked how Penny came across. I think Penny was like, yeah, she's... Anyway, this is yeah, depending how much you're into politics. Of what Penny does. That's the problem. I can just tell you that she comes across really well. Very eloquent speaker. The only issue that Rishi has is that people don't like wealthy people. They don't like successful people. Um, Boris Johnson slightly got away with it because he was like born into wealth. So they're like, oh, you're a bit, you're mm. a bit silly. You're a bit stupid. Mm. It's all right. Someone that's intelligent and wealthy is problematic for this country for some odd reason. Um, so I feel like conservatives have now got that battle to fight. Whereas if you've got a northern accent and you're part of Labour, suddenly you're for the women, you're for the workers, which I find, again, odd because I don't because know what they're doing. For policies. Any... Yeah. But again, I don't know what they're actually doing for workers. Yeah. I don't know what anyone is doing for people on the ground. <laughs> We're just that. Uh, oh, what's it called? There's a word for it. I can't think what the word is right now. But in essence, like popularity politics, it's not actually, hey, what's what are you doing? It's do I like the look of this person, the way this person speaks and the little that I've been fed about their backstory as opposed to, hey, what will they actually do once they get in office on the ground? Which, this is why I want you young people to get into politics and start, and you don't have to jump in and deep dive. Start with like, you know, watching a couple interviews, watch BBC Question Time once a week. Just see like little bits and start to get a taster. Question Time's great because it's not all politicians on the on the panel either. Sometimes it might be your favorite celebrity or journalists or business people. So, uh, yeah, it's great. I don't know if it would be your favourite celebrity. They've got some, like, your favourite celebrity. I mean, got you're not going to see... people on there. I don't, I don't think you're going to see Cardi B on the question <laughs> time anytime soon. Yeah, I don't know if Cristiano Ronaldo is lined up. 
Stormzy could do it. Dave could. No, Dave, Dave would be Dave great. Could do it Stormzy, I'm, I'm unsure. I think Akala has done it already, but I'd love him to come back as well. Akala is. Akala is probably. To me, he's an academic before he's. Polit- political. A, a famous person, yeah. He he understands political history, he understands yeah. politics. Ugh. Like, I'm, I feel like Dave is still a songwriter prior first. to poli- politics. That's fair. So if you're going to get the first, the first album I ever, The first album I ever bought was, uh, was a Carlos. Yeah, I get so. that. I just think his politics and academia outweighs his songs. At Look at him as more as an academic than an artist. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, I actually academic quoted first. him uh, in one of my like dissertations. Fair play. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. He's been on it. Hope he comes on again very soon. Um, yeah, we had we had to touch on it. We had to touch on it. It'd be wrong to have a new prime minister and like just continue the conversation as if nothing's happened. We we'll keep doing a little check in, man. Mate. Even if even if it's a thirty second little check in to let you know. What's Never know. Happening. In a couple of weeks, might be general election. <sighs> it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. There's pros and cons. It, it's just yeah, crossways, it so it's co- it just if you're all angry at list trust taking a check, general election is going to take more money out of the economy yep. right now than ever before. So it's great that you get your vote, and we know that probably Labour will go in. The issue is, is that the, the money they the money use that is going to go into that is just outrageous. Is again <laughs> serious. So anyone that's arguing that and then arguing for list trust to give back our money is slightly you contradictory. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. So. Last week, we spoke about this concept of quiet quitting. Storm, you brought it to the table. You explained to us what it was. And uh, we had a little back and forth because we all stood in very different places on it. Uh, and since we've got the questions, you want to revisit it and this time revisit it with uh, Eliza on the panel. So um, just for the listeners, you know, sometimes people hear the podcast for the first time. Storm, can you just give us a, a quick breakdown of what quiet quitting actually is? Yeah, so it's basically this somewhat new but not really new more like it's just been put in the public eye phenomenon that gen z mostly is taking part in and it's to do with acting your wage and only doing your job description basically so you come into work at nine when your job description says you're meant to be there and you leave at five when it says you're meant to leave you do your job whilst you're there and you do it somewhat well but you don't you don't strive to do more than you have to do to keep your job basically that's what it is. And it's the concept of knowing your worth mm. and acting your wage. Those are like the two main statements that kind of coincide with it. And it, it kind of arose because people are feeling frustrated that they're not getting the recognition they think they deserve. So this is kind of like a protest to mm. climbing the corporate ladder by building those relationships with your employer that old generations have done. Interesting. Interesting. So when you saw the feedback and the questions that came from from listeners what, what kind of thing was coming back a lot of people felt that we we mentioned points mm-hmm. but we didn't kind of go more in depth about what that means or how it would inf- affect employers and employees okay so for example i think we mentioned if you don't like your job just quit and it's like a lot of people are very angry about that because they were like, like <laughs> i'm in a position where i can't just quit what if i've got responsibilities yeah. what if like i love the job that i'm doing it's just that my employer isn't a good employer, basically. Mm. And I don't want to lose that job because I love what I'm doing, but I also feel very unappreciated. Don't feel like I can talk to them. And now you're telling me to quit. Like, what should I do? Cool. So it's like things like that that popped up. And okay. there were also some points that I'll read out like when we get into As the conversation. Go. Awesome. Yeah, that were quite interesting. Cool. Well, I think the first one was the interesting one of like the whole just quit thing. Um, 
I know for me, it's never a just quit as your first option at all. Your first option is to put some work in, have the conversation with the employer, get a clear understanding of what's expected of you in order to proceed to the next level, get that in writing, and then go and do the thing. And then once you've done the thing going back, and if at that point they still don't make any changes, even though you've done everything that they've laid out that you need to do to get to the next point, at that stage, that's when I'm going to start shopping around for another job. Because if there's been that, clarity between you and they're still not living up to it then there's a problem and then i start shopping for jobs now if you're in a position where like you can't quit and i'd never recommend quitting before something else is lined up but you can start looking you can start reaching out you can you can start handing out cvs and applying and doing interviews while you're still working somewhere so i think if it came across as like just quit walk out um no, 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 don't just quit and walk out, in my opinion, anyway. Um, do those steps first, and that's like the last resort. What I'm saying is don't end up sitting somewhere being completely unhappy, also not doing your job properly, because ultimately, eventually, they'll they'll probably get rid of you. But an interesting point. I understand where you're coming from. Um, Eliza, you, you weren't here on that episode. So I guess just firstly, your general feeling or or opinion on this concept of quiet quitting um i get it and i get the frustration um i think the older generations did work their way up the corporate ladder whatever that meant and i think covid um to all generations not not just exclusively to the younger generation i think we can see that in like things like nursing um and healthcare specifically, where the older generations are now like, hold on a second, I don't want to give up my life mm. to a job. I sort of want a mix of both. My argument or my my problem occurs when someone says, well, I can't just quit because my life depends on the job. Right now, we're in a sort of economy where, it's, I mean, since we left, Bre- like, did the whole Brexit thing, we left the EU, where there are countless amounts of jobs right now. So my concern is if that you're worried and you're going to interviews and you're not getting the job, you're not good enough. Mm. <laughs> and and like not 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 in a blunt like well yeah in a blunt way. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like if you're struggling to find a job, the problem is you, and like sadly you're not, you're gonna have to stick with your employer for a period of time until you get better at whatever it is you do, um, or or change sector completely. Um, and this is, this is the uh, original point of why I always say to people, try and get that education underneath your belt. A lot of jobs ask for a degree whether they need one or not. And it's not, I think, I think companies will move away from that over time, but it's been a very recent thing where police officers have been said, well, we want you to have a degree. There's, there's, no, there's hardly any police, no one wants to be a police officer. Um, but they're still going, oh, well, maybe we should raise our expectations because of the type of people that we want as police officers. Um, and I think sort of the way that I would like the economy to go is that we respect our public services way more. However, yeah. with respecting our public services way more, and that means paying them more, that means uh, more entitlement to discounts and free things like that. Yeah. Um, it also means that our expectations of employing those people would be higher. So if you're coming in and you don't have a good education, you didn't do well at school or you didn't go to go and get your A-levels or go to college and whatever, those things around you are now less than. So I know me going with a degree and a master's will beat somebody or get through the door quicker than somebody that doesn't have those things. 
So I'm now, I'm now ahead on experience as well as having those things under my belt. Um, and I just think like, be, be very wary of that from a young age of like going, okay, I don't know what I want to do. And that was my problem. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went and got those things under my belt. So I had the option to, if an employer was treating me badly, which they have, um, especially when I was pregnant and a teenager, I got let go from two companies, nothing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There was no written warning. There was just, you're gone. Um, it was a fight to get my last month's pay. But I fortunately was like, got myself out of that situation. You have to work um, or do something to get out of there. You didn't go and get a degree. And I think that was on the basis of you knew what you wanted to do. You didn't go and get a degree, but that was on the basis that you do work hard at what you do. So you have to have like those different things underneath your belt. When I asked you for an employer's reference, you weren't completely and utterly worried about me going to your employer. If you're quiet quitting, that is going to be a problem because employers don't owe Mm. you a reference. They just don't owe you one. And to be honest, they're quite busy of going to give you a reference anyway but it can hold up you making that venture into another company if you don't have a reference. So my mum always used to say, get a reference while you're at the job. Mm. Ask them to write you a reference. Um, It it makes it more awkward, but you could just be like, oh, I just need a reference for uh, this course I want to go on in comparison to when you're actually trying to move on and get a job. Um, I've always had good relationships with all managers that I've gone with. So even though those companies did let go of me, I always had someone at that company of a seniority level that would do me a reference anyway um, because those relationships mean everything. I think if I was being lazy, I wouldn't have had one. Um, But I've worked for £3.75 an hour and I've gone above and beyond. I just don't don't like doing the bare minimum. That's just never been me. Um, Mm. I think also my mum was in a job, hated it for a long time but she was a single parent had two kids that needed to pay the bills she didn't have a degree so she felt stuck Mm. and seeing that firsthand and not really having any leeway she didn't really and she went in above and beyond for that school i don't think that um having minimum amount of options or feeling like you're stuck is a good place to be but equally my mum didn't really venture out and try and do anything um so for me, I feel like if you don't have any options or if you're trying, if you're struggling to find a job right now. Well, I guess it's people. No problem. In jobs, isn't it? The quiet quitting people. It's yeah. like you've you've, yeah. you've actually managed to secure the job. You're in there. But I mean, like, if they're so if they're already quiet quitting. So, for example, if Storm was like, "Oh, my, I don't like, I don't really like man, I don't like Eliza, so I'm just going to do the bare minimum. I'm not going to answer their phone. I'm going to do my nine to five job, and if they contact me afterwards, I'm not answering the phone mm. or whatever." Um, but then Storm is struggling to go anywhere else, even though she's unhappy. Mm. The problem is with Storm, because actually she should be able to get a job anywhere right now, is what I'm saying to you. The amount of jobs that are out there in loads and loads of different companies, there are loads. They might not tick the box that you want to tick, but welcome to the the job market. It's hard. It just, like, that's what it is. So I just feel as though you're not taking the risk as a company, you're not taking the risk as a manager, you have to understand that managers that are above you are on target for numbers. They have to go to regular meetings. They have to prove their jobs consistently all the time because they're taking a bigger paycheck than you. If you're on minimum wage, you probably don't have to prove your job every day. Mm. Me, I have to prove my job every single day. We have meetings every single day about the job that I have to prove that I'm good at what I'm doing. Yeah. 
so i think like when you're mm. on that lower band you don't have to do that you don't you don't even see that really yeah uh, i think but i think the whole point of quiet quitting it's not just you get in a job and then you do the bare minimum it's not people who have management who maybe can't pay them as much but are still good management mm. like they still understand life happens and things can happen i don't think that's what it's all about i think it's more if you're in a job and you have tried already mm. and you have not been appreciated um you're doing the workload of two three four people and still getting paid for one person there is no kind of relationship there between you as an employee and your manager i think mm. that's where it starts that's the frustration and then people are like all right i've tried i'm got i've got nothing to show for it and maybe like a kind word once a month that doesn't pay my bills so now i'm just gonna do what you're paying me to do because i've done the work of two people and mm. i've still only got paid to do this one job so now why should i go above and beyond for you when you're doing nothing for me in return i think that's more yeah. what it is there's a there's a i think there's a, a level of sort of expectation that everyone has in their job and if i go to message you outside of your contract hours and you don't respond I, there's nothing i can do about that you you just where you're contracted so I, I i get it in a sense of like well i've been working hard i'm not being appreciated so five o'clock phone's off you can't contact me i'm not answering emails etc and to a degree work-life balance great fantastic i think where the the difficulty comes is if you're in that scenario and you don't feel appreciated you don't feel like and by the way appreciation is an interesting one i'd love to like hear people's thoughts on what appreciation means from an employer because like for me it's an exchange of this is what the company needs and you're going to get paid and you've been getting paid on time every time and now like that's not enough there's more so what does what does it mean to you individually like i know i like to be appreciated don't get me wrong but equally it's like yeah the whole like, i've got nothing to show for it it's like mm, you've, you've had a job for six months for a year you've been paid on time every time you've got like those other benefits they're contributing to your pension those kind of things um i think doing just enough in any scenario will get you just enough in return give an average effort you get an average return and then when you go and move on to the next stage it won't be a step up it'll be a step across it'll be like going from average to average maybe in a better environment great but i just feel like once you get into that element of this is all you're entitled to from me this is all i've got to do it's really hard to then shape that and shift that and do better somewhere else so i think my fear always comes from an individual taking the personal choice to only do just enough even in an environment where actually I don't feel like the love, I don't feel the appreciation here. Um, I've done that, like the £3.64 at the bowling alley. Don't get me wrong, the bowling alley, I, I felt love and appreciated there, to be fair. But I've had jobs where I didn't. And, you know, I'd come in, hey, how are you? I'd be like, oh, I'm amazing. I'd be like, well, amazing isn't an, actually uh, an emotion. So that doesn't make I'd have, like, comments coming back like that. And you're like, bro, I'm just trying to bring some light to the, to the job. But when I'm on job, I'm on job. And I'm doing my thing. And I'm going above and beyond. And yeah. Just because for me personally i'm here anyway and i'm getting paid so why would i come in and not do as much as i possibly can if, if that makes sense um so yeah i think there's a line also where your employer is taking the mic if you're doing three people's jobs that doesn't sound right i'd start to have words about that i'd start to communicate that and if it's not a comfortable if you're not comfortable enough to communicate with your employer you're just in the wrong job you're in the wrong environment it's not for you don't quite quit start searching for other jobs and go and do it because the environment's wrong um 
so yeah, that's 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 what whole quite quite a good thing. Just ugh, I don't know, ugh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I feel like yeah. it doesn't address the issue. Yeah. It it allows the issue to continue, and I'm just gonna lower my standards now. Yeah. And I think if you did that in any other area of life, things would mess up. Oh, my partner's not appreciating me. Well, do you know what? I'm not appreciating you either. Cool. Your relationship's going to be over in about three months. Do you know what I mean? Um. So yeah, that that's my that's my thing with it. The yeah. mentality and the. I think there's like two sides. So. Um, I haven't touched on the employee side, but let me let me do employee. Mm. I agree with what you said. I don't think you should lower your standards. I think also, like, every, I think people forget, like, you write your own CVs, you go to interviews for those future jobs if you're not happy in your job. And I also think if you've sat down, you've had a conversation with the employer and they haven't changed, they're not going to, mm. There's a, you, have, you give them a six-month period grace... Um, have that con- you could have that conversation at three months, you could have that conversation at six months. If in a month's time after that they've still not done anything, they're not going to. It's like, you know, when people like mm. try to change people in relationships, they're not mm. going to change, that's it. D- as much as you might love the company, as much as you might love colleagues that you work with, if you're, for example, if you're not happy with working from home and you need to work from an office or you mm. need to be around people, which is a lot of people struggle at the moment, especially my generation where they're getting told we're going to close the offices it's going to save us 150 grand a year blah 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 well i like going into the office i like being around people i like to see my colleagues they're not going to change that sadly because you're not bringing 150 grand into the company so Mm. leave um i understand that there is a worry for leaving i understand that people have bills and people have stuff to pay and especially in today's environment but in addition in today's environment it is a worker's world out there people need people and people are doing lots of different things which i'll get on to of what employers are doing to try and hold on to people i just personally think they're the wrong things so um i think like you said you shouldn't lower your standards remember that when you do go above and beyond that's your story to tell yes you're doing it for that person's end bottom line the company's bottom mm. line but you have that story to turn in an interview people don't like lists on cvs anymore people very much like to hear you like they like to see you they like to hear what you did and above and beyond to go and get that job that's the next step up to get that job that pays more money so in my last job i went and hit everyone's targets for the whole entire year they didn't pay me any more money they didn't give me their salary and they didn't let those people go that got zero but i was able to tell that story to get my next job Mm. and that was a step up so i think like that's that's for you and you can hold that and for me i like being the best at what i do i like being the best in the company so i wouldn't be i wouldn't do very well at someone going oh everyone's just pretty much the same here Hmm. everyone's just average and i like i like doing the best i like leaving there and going like i don't really care about anyone else i i did great today do you know what i mean um i think that comes from like the self-care that you give yourself just reminding you at the end of every day that you did a good job and fortunately i have you at home so i'm able to have those rants maybe to have those conversations with you so i don't necessarily feel like i need that off an employer um on the flip side employers should be doing whatever they can do at the moment to retain people because like i just said it's a workers environment people will give up and they'll go and live with their mum and dad over working for someone that they don't get along with or work in an environment they don't like. What I have a problem with at the moment is that employers are spending a lot of money, and I mean in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, on all these little apps 
to make people more engaged within their workforce. So whether that's, oh, a mental health app, oh, you can sign up to this and you can give awards to your colleagues. Mm. I don't want that. Actually, that that's laborious to me to go on once a week, write some requested feedback and give an award to someone because I have to as part of an admin task once a week. I actually don't want that. I would rather you go, do you know what, once a month, here's some money to go out and have a dinner for everyone. Or, oh, do you know what? Everyone's been bought a pizza to their home on, like, the the end of the month. Do you know what I mean? That, to me, is better and more engaging than taking place on some brain tasks on an app. And that's not to say that mindfulness isn't a thing. I think it is. But if you want to invest in mental health, again, I would say, uh, why don't you you get a counsellor to come into your office or to come on Teams two days of the month and sit down with either a group mm. or one to one with people depending on how big or small your company is and they have a 20 minute session with that counselor where they go oh this is the things that I'm worried about in my job these are uh the things that are either worrying me personally and then they can point out well you could do this you could do that and you could do this mm. that would make you feel better it'd be a super quick conversation because people would know that it's coming up they know what they want to discuss it's compulsory i would say yeah. so no one feels like oh, i don't want to take part in that because it's a little bit embarrassing or i don't want to be like labeled that i've got a mental health issue um but that's actually more worthwhile than a than a mindfulness app that anyone can really get on their phones anyway for free. We all know the apps that are out there. We've got told them throughout COVID. Yep. I'm fully aware. Um, so I think. So you're almost saying like you go from this from this active, sorry, from these passive solutions for, to keep employer engagement, to keep employers appreciated, to actually more active, mm. active engagement with your employees. Yeah, and the and the simple simple little things. So. Um, like you said, like, oh, kind words don't mean anything. I agree. But for a lot of the, um, so for example, like if you're working in hospitality, if you're working in like uh, busy sectors where you work hours depending on what your company needs, rather than get like 3 million phone calls from your employer, a simple like suggestion message on a phone is a lot it's a lot nicer. You don't feel like you're getting hassled. You don't feel like, um, oh, I can't enjoy this time because I, I, I'm i getting nervous now because this person's phoned me four or five times and blah, blah, blah. I feel like I have to do that. It's a simple message for them to feel like they have a little bit more control over what they're doing. And I just think like little things like that are better than um, you don't have to, you don't have to go and get an app and you don't have to go and get these like, these people in to go and teach better we've just been given an app where apparently it's like a coaching app where you're going to screen all the phone calls that we have to be honest that feels a little bit big brother to me i don't really feel like that's mm. a coaching for me to get any better i feel like you're being watched yeah you're being watched or you're being um told that actually you're not good enough at what you do and we need to do this that and the other to make you better and i just think like uh, asking people or spending a couple, like an hour every two weeks with your staff and just saying like, what would make you happier as a group? That would be better. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I said, like giving people a little bit more control over their role. If they wanted to come into the office, if they wanted to stay at home, like let them do that and don't make them like feel like, oh God, I've got to pick my kids up from school today, but I don't know how I'm going to tell my employer that I need to pick my kids up from school. Um, just let that happen. But in addition, on the flip side, as an employee, 
those little small things where if, if you're working from home and you are able to go and pick up your kids, remember when I started mm. my work, you had to pay for your child mind to just have them until you finish work. Yep. And normally you were late. And then when if you, if your kid went to nursery, you would have to pay yep. for that extra 10 minutes. So I think like when your employer does do that, don't oversee that as well. I, I should be entitled to that because I'm, I'm a mum or I'm whatever. Remember like that's, that's on you. And I think that was smoking breaks as well. They very oh, much annoy me because I don't like Ugh. if you're out there and you smoke and you're you're working for somebody and then you feel like you're not getting enough. Let me tell you, those smoking breaks wake up to like they two hours of your time up. that oh you're getting gosh. paid for. Where actually you're outside chatting. And I understand smoking <laughs> is an addiction, but it's something that you chose to take up. And I do think like, and I think I mean going into dangerous territory as well. But I think this is the same reason why women find it harder to hold on to jobs because when you do want a kid you are taking nine months off from the employer it's a very long time mm. and you can't predict that and i think to over overlook that and go well i'm just entitled to it i should be entitled to more is problematic because you're not looking at what actually that employer is doing but i think employers should be doing more but i also think employees should either i don't like complainers i don't like people lowering their standards i think they should always go up so i think if you're unhappy, rather than quiet quit, go and do that job and do it for yourself. Be a good story to tell, but do go and look for other job roles out yeah. there. And don't expect your employer to change. If you've had that conversation, they've not changed. They ain't going to change. Mm. Like a lot of men ain't going to change. <laughs> like as much as you will ask them to change and you love them to absolute bits and it's going to break your heart. If they don't, break your heart sooner. <laughs> your motivational message for the day <laughs> oh no it's it's very true because there are some simple things employers can do to stop this whole quite quick and ever needing to be the case and you know sometimes i think when we like me i'm, I'm very focused on the individual so sometimes that like, can come across like i'm saying hey it's all on you it's your fault i think if it's all on you and it's your fault hey you'll take very responsibility and you'll fix things but equally there are some bad employers out there who don't appreciate their their employees or take their employees for granted I've, I've bumped into them you've seen it and in those situations it comes back okay how do you want to deal with this do you want to be someone who stays in this place that you're not happy and then just stays there and also doesn't put any effort in so now there's no self-pride but hey you're getting a point back because you're you're quite quitting on them and you're acting your wage or do you go all right let me create a little plan to to get out of here yeah, it's an interesting question. What do you think you're gaining by quiet quitting? Oh, okay. Michael's is for me. Yeah, because... Yeah, so I think the whole movement, it's more of an American thing. I don't think it's kind of translated here as much. Which okay. means it's on its way. Yeah. <laughs> and in America, there's like this thing of like, everyone does something as soon as one person does it. So I think it's more like a protest. You're trying to hurt the employer. I think where people go wrong is they forget how replaceable... A lot of employees are especially when it's things like retail or hospitality and you don't need that many skills to get that job it's very easy for an employer to be like okay leave then if you won't quit you're fired we're just going to have like the 20 other people who are waiting for your job to like fill it so i think what they're trying to do they're trying to prove a point by doing the bare minimum because it's like i'm getting bare minimum pay bare minimum work they're always trying to harm the employer in the process because you're not doing as much and I think it's the hopes that everyone jumps on it so it makes a bigger impact. That's the kind of vibe mm. I've gathered. I like a halfway worked. house protest. 
Yeah, like, you're, like, not, you're not going all the way to quit and walk out. <laughs> yeah, it's you're not just, striking. Yeah, I'm going to inconvenience you. I think that's what they're trying to do. To It seems like they're trying to open a door for conversation, but they're not directly trying to say, I need this conversation. It's more like, I'm going to inconvenience you so much that you mm. initiate the conversation to find out why. Right. And therefore, it's easier for me to tell you why. I think that's Got you. what they're trying to do. Got you. So it's a touch of tit for tat, but then yeah. hoping that it leads to... Yeah. Because I think that's interesting. So they want you to start the conversation because that would make it easier for them. Hmm. I think if you want to move up the ladder or get paid more, you better start being able to start those conversations. Hmm. I like... The hardest interviews I've gone into over time are the ones where you get paid more money. They're not nice on those calls. And they'll very much be like, straight to the point, why are you quitting your last job? What's the relationship that you have there? I think like, if you're waiting for your employer to start the conversation, they're not going to. And the prime reason is companies are there to set up to make profit. As bad as that may be, if you're not, if, if you want like a company that revolves around people, go and work for a charity, go and work for a CIC. Companies are full blown there to make money, to pay you more and also to give you more time or to invest in more stuff for you. Like I was saying, pizzas or mm-hmm. apps mm-hmm. or whatever, that's going to cost them more. That's going to take away their bottom line. So they'll do anything to save money. I think if you're worried about engaging with that, with your employer, Depends, it depends what contract you're on. That's why everyone needs to know what contract they're on. If you're on a zero-hour contract, yeah, big problem for you yeah. because you're very disposable. There's hundreds of zero-hour contracts that are out there. They're super easy. Yeah. And they're very beneficial, I would say, to people that don't know what they want to do, that like to go on holidays last minute, that have either kids, grandkids, that need that flexible workforce. So I think there is definitely a need, and I only think they're going to get more. Oh my gosh, like 17 to 19, I was zero hour contracts all the <laughs> Me way. Me too. Freedom, start my little business, got a dead day, and go and take pick up on zero hour contracts. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. But to have those conversations with an employer where you're expecting more is like, no, but also you're not giving me more. Because also with zero-hour contracts, employees can do what they want. So if they, if you didn't want to work that Saturday, you don't need to because there's yeah. this company. If you're working in hospitality, for example, there's this hotel, there's this food place, there's this events place that all want me to go and work for them. So I don't, I'm not, I don't need to be loyal to you. I can go and do that with everybody. And if you're not doing every, that with everybody, start doing that. Mm. Because all employers know that most employees are not loyal when they're in the zero-hour contract world. Go and get find one that treats you better. There's hundreds of them that are out there, especially in that hospitality space at the moment. I think if you're in a contracted role, it's actually very hard for an employer to get rid of you. Firstly, it's going to cost them a bunch of money to find a new recruit. Secondly, they have to read their contracts. Normally, there's a period of grace that they have to give, and they don't want to do it because it makes it awkward for them mm-hmm. in that space. Um, and they've normally invested a lot of time or money into you because that three-month period of when you start a job, most employees do nothing. Most employees sit in a room, they do some training, they've not brought any money into the company, they've not actually helped the company in any way, so you've got paid for three months doing absolutely nothing. So that's that mm. goes away from their bottom line. So I would say have that conversation, and maybe if you've got a colleague that agrees with you, jointly have that conversation if you feel like it would make it easier. Um, but I always fear like, if you're wanting the employer to start the conversation, you're either not ready for that next step up in that pay, mm-hmm. because if you are, you should have the confidence to have that conversation. 
Um, and or alternatively, um, the only other option I can see is that you're in a zero hour contract role. Yeah. Because it's harder for employees to get rid of you. But I do know people that have gone above and beyond their company and they don't get paid anymore. But again, that is due to the fact they don't ask for any more. Mm. If I look at everyone that goes above and beyond for their company and doesn't get paid anymore, it's because they won't engage in those conversations and they just say yes. Um, and oh, I yeah. think actually continue to go above and beyond, just ask for more money. Because if you said, well, actually, and, and make it clear, so over the like months, say, well, actually, over the last three months, I've worked 20 more hours. If you were to get someone on that contract, it would cost you 23 grand a year. I'm not asking for 23 grand a year. I'm asking for five grand a year or six grand a year or whatever it is. So there's room for negotiation and, and you've worked it out from their standpoint. I think by going into that conversation and going, well, I, I want to be paid more, that employee's forgotten what extra hours you've done in all honesty. Because yeah, right so, now it's like bottom so, line turnover. Yeah, what, you're, what, yeah, yeah. They're so busy of thinking of everything else. Whereas you need to like make, like Storm likes to make a presentation. <laughs> 100%. I make great presentations. Make great just, presentations. Or, <laughs> and, and be like, very, very clear. This is what I've done. This is what I feel like I'm worth. Leave some negotiation room in there. Mm. Um, and, 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 and search, like, this is what it is for somebody to be hired into your company to fulfill those amounts of hours. And if they were self-employed or zero-hour contracts, it would actually be worth this much because it would be worth more. Um, so I just want... A little bit more money or a little bit more grace i'd love to have be able to pick up my kids on a thursday and a friday from school so can i do that without having yeah, to yeah. feel like i'm under pressure to not be able to do that yeah um but i think you have to be really clear you have to be really self-assured and you have to be assertive um and these are all things that you you can work on developing sort of as you're progressing as you're growing like if you're really young listen to this and you haven't even got your first job yet then it's looking at opportunities around you now to start working on that service, start working on that communication. And that could be simple things like, for me, joining school council, I swear it's one of the best things I've ever done, purely because it just helped me get used to speaking and communicating with people who are on a higher level, you know, by, by name and nature and realising, oh, geez, they are just human beings, ultimately. And if you come with a prepared argument or prepared point, they, they go, oh, yeah, fair. Because you've come prepared and they have to listen. And I think as a young person listening to this, it can, and I guess this is where my biggest fear with this whole quiet quitting thing comes, it can create this complete level of almost entitlement of almost like the job market's going to be amazing when I get out there. And if it's not, no problem, I'll just step down. Where actually, if you worked on developing the skills within yourself, even in that position, you've got power, you've got more options, and I, I just want you to keep your personal power. Quiet quitting doesn't keep your personal power because you're now not doing what you want to do. You're doing what you feel like is good to provoke a response or provoke a feeling elsewhere. Whereas I think actually personal power is going, this is me, this is my standard, this is how I roll. And being able to do that regardless of what's going on around you. And then being able to implement change onto what's going on around you by your personal power. And I mean, school council and being UFMP taught me that. You're so, advocate for school council. I am such an advocate to school council. Join your school council, man, and become UFMP in your local area and get involved with the UK Youth Parliament. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, it was what you said earlier. It's not always down to ego. Um, and people felt like, I don't know if it was from the last podcast, because I don't know what you discussed, but that people felt like they're quiet quitting because they had a big ego because they felt like they deserved more yeah i think that was something i said i said about um the idea of like this know your worth thing mm. and i'm like well 
that works both ways. Because I think anytime you hear, oh, no, you're worth, you're like, yeah, I'm worth more. Why is that the automatic assumption that you're worth more? You might be worth less. But this, like, that's really interesting. Because I would say someone that's quiet quitting actually has the smallest ego of all. I would say I've got a pretty large ego. Mm. I, I, I know what I'm Kanye. good at. Do you know what I mean? Kanye. Um, but that gave, gives me the confidence to go and have those discussions with my employer because I know I'm good at what I do. Mm. If you're not and you're waiting for someone to say, oh, I really appreciate what you do or you're really good at what you do, that to me says you've got a small ego because you actually don't believe it. For you're yourself. too worried to go and sit and have that conversation. Whereas I know specifically in my last job, I was, there was no way they were going to get rid of me. I was way too good at my job. Do you know what I mean? I was so good at my job that for you to get rid of me, it would be detrimental to you. Mm. So I can sort of have those conversations left, right and centre because I'm good at what I do. And that's when you go above and beyond. No employer is going to get rid of someone that can last minute fill shifts, that will stay over time. Like They're not going to get rid of you. Or, or the ones that specifically have very good client relationships. I was about to say, especially in those um, industries you spoke about. Yeah, cool. Anyone can work a till. Anyone can bring out some trainers on the back. Anyone can get bowling shoes. But can you do it like me? Yeah. Can you do it with the smile? Can you do it with the conversation? Can you make everyone feel comfortable? Can you... It's those untangibles that can't be trained, well, can't be trained very easily, that I think make you that level where you're like, hey, listen, you need me, they didn't say that. But you're in that position where you know you're bringing the heat every single week. So when you sit down with them and you say, oh, can I get a raise? And they're like, no. Okay, when you say, I need to earn this much or I'm going to have to wear up my options, it's like, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then maybe that's where the change comes because you've made yourself so valuable. Actually, it would cost me more to get rid of you or have you leave and then train someone else to get to your level. Uh, and that's where personal power comes from. Versus quite quick where it's like, oh, okay, they're getting a bit lazy. Uh, three, if it doesn't fix three months, I'll replace them. Yeah, I also think like there's no harm in some um, going a little bit over the top with your managers <laughs> because if they're not having a conversation with you or if you feel like you can't have a conversation with them, that says to me, you're either not very good at building relationships, they may not be, mm -hmm. but also you're not, looking at your opportunities to get to know them so like every one-to-one -one, normally you sit there and you just get asked a bunch of questions and you feedback mm -hmm. oh this is what it is this is what it is I think personally the moment you get into that conversation that's your time with your manager even if you're just passing the office and the manager's by yourself go and sit with them be like oh how's your day been how was your weekend if they've got kids ask them how their kids are people love talking about themselves yeah. and the moment you relate to them on some personal level or you've asked about them or on a friday you've went and bought a coffee in for them yes your colleagues might look at you and be like oh that's embarrassing like oh they love you or oh, oh yeah. you bought a coffee who <laughs> they're not paying your wage your manager's paying your wage and actually you never know he might be paying you double the wage or she might be paying you double the wage eventually because you went a little bit above and beyond for them and you're not at work to make friends long term. Mm. You're at work to rise above, get paid what you're worth and things like that. But I think even in sales, people relate to people and if they don't see yeah. you as a person, they see you as an employee, that's when things start to become, oh, well, just do what I tell you to do. 
Yeah, definitely. Whereas, like, you're in teachers at school, never got told off for not wearing a blazer. Mm-hmm. Because I always walk past people, how are you? How was your weekend? Love your shirt. Do you know what I mean? Because suddenly you're a real person. And, like, I don't want to tell you off for not wearing a blazer because I actually quite like you. Yeah, yeah. And that, that goes into employees. We're all still just people. 100%. And eventually it'll make those conversations easier where the first time you're speaking to your manager isn't to ask for a... For more money it's not to ask for getting some time off mm. or being sick yes you're talking to your employer just to ask them how they are 100%. rather than being like oh it's Catherine again she, <laughs> she's got the flu and she needs more time off and yeah. it's like well everyone's entitled to sick pay but if that's the only time i hear from you then yeah, that's that a problem sense. do you feel like there's any type of person who falls outside of any of these sort of categories where quite quitting is still the best I think the way I see it, which is, I wouldn't say justified, but mm. the way that makes the most sense to me is if there's an employee that's been in a job role for an extended period of time, they've done everything that's been asked them and more. We're talking above three months, we're talking six, what are we talking? Let's let's say they've been in a job for like two years, let's say two years, okay. and they've done, they've went above and beyond, they've formed those relationships, everything, but now the employee is complacent with the amount of effort that they've been putting in, so it doesn't seem like effort now, it just seems like they're standard. And then when mm. you are having these conversations, they're looking at you like, but you've always done this. So now why are you making mm. demands and stuff? Like, I expect it from you, so it's not appreciated. That's when it's kind of like, I understand where the protest is coming in because now you're like, you're complacent. You're not seeing my point. You're expecting it. You're not appreciating the fact that um, this is not what I'm here for. I'm doing more because I want to I wanna move up and you're not appreciating it. So now to show you the difference... Mm. I'm just going to do what you pay me for and let's see if that helps you understand then I kind of get it yeah so I would say to that person why not go and apply for jobs keep your job and uh, do do what you feel is right in that time for me I would keep going to what I was doing before if you want to quiet quit there quiet quit there it will be noted but I think go and apply for other jobs and actually see if other people would invest that money into you. I think that's the best way to do it. If you're getting rejection after rejection, it's very easy as well to apply to jobs on now, so it's not going to take loads of time. On LinkedIn, you can apply, as long as you've got a CV and you can get them from recruitment agencies pretty quickly, they'll apply for jobs on you. And LinkedIn, you can literally do it in like two clicks of a button. Mm. If you get loads and loads of rejections, you're going to have to stick with your company, you're going to have to have a conversation with your manager. If you start getting people that are interested in you in those jobs, you have two options. You go for that interview or you go to your employer and say, listen, I've been headhunted. Mm. You can lie. I've been headhunted <laughs> for this job and they really want me. It's for a, se- a more senior role than I'm in right now. And I'm just a little bit concerned that in two years I've been here, I've not moved up. Is that a progression that's going to happen for me? And if so, is it going to happen in the next three months? If it's not, be honest, because I don't want to move over. I really love working for you. I really love working here. I've been here for two years. But equally, this job is paying more money. Now, every employer I've ever done that to, and actually I have been head to I've never had to lie, fortunately. Mm. But every company I've ever done that to has always gone, oh, no, we do really want to keep you. And thanks for coming to us. And we do really want to improve because they do. They don't want to let you go. They know it's going to cost them a lot of time and money. So I think that makes it better it le- makes it less egotistical from you it makes it less like 
uh, I'm going in there to ask for something. It actually makes it like we're a team. Yeah. And I don't want to go over here, but I would also be silly to not go over here because I've ever, I I want my first house or my kids would really appreciate mm. the extra money or whatever it is. And it makes them go a wake up call to go, oh, okay, actually I do need to do something. I think if you don't get anything, then you need to look at why. And, and sometimes companies are really bad at not getting back to people about why they'll just tell you no. But if you do have time, ask them why. And that might be like a qualification thing. It might be the standard of caliber that people are coming through. I know within my work, loads of people have applied and we've just said, we're not going to hire anyone now because people that are coming in are just not good enough. Mm. So they'll go uh, no one over getting the wrong person. Mm. So I think like have those conversations and understand why and what the environment's like. And if you think the environment is actually really heated at the moment and you're not going to get it, then that sort of leaves you in the job and the sector that you're in. You could move sector Mm -hmm. and you could go and possibly get more money, but it means that what you're in right now is probably the situation for everybody in that sector. Because there's a lot, I mean, I had a conversation the other day, the energy bills have gone up and one of my clients used to be paying 150 grand a year they're now paying 320 grand a year that's a lot of money for the bottom line of that company and for them that stress is high so for people right now that are running a company it's not to say they should take away from you no not at all but like your bills are doubling their bills are doubling but theirs is doubling a lot more than like your home bills so i think just be wary of okay, the companies are actually going through something and this is a sector or countrywide thing, I need to give my company a minute mm. to to get back on their feet. And he said, in six months, it might be fine again. It's because we're in winter and winter's a really bad time. In summer, the, those bills might go down and yeah. he might be more open to putting place in things for his um, employees. But right now, he just can't think of that because the bottom line is so gone. Yeah. So I sense. think like, make sure you take into those considerations as well so that's shopping around is power because you learn about the industry you learn about the options you learn how attractive you are as a prospect to other people and then you've got negotiation power and again that personal power which i think is everything and (laughs) did you have any specifics that that came up um let me have a look see and this is it people if you're interested aim a little higher um is on instagram we're on the tiktok uh, you can email the TikTok. Can you please stop saying that? I don't it's think awful. I ever will. It is awful every time. I never will. I never it's will. Do you know why? Because the TikTok, it's it's a it's a monster. It's an absolute monster. It's a beast, and it's it's. Your the thing is, you say you're scared, but like I I don't ever look at TikTok. Like TikTok, I I don't enter it. I don't really go yeah. on it. I'll delete the app regularly. You, on the other hand, yeah, at least like four times a week, you'll send me a TikTok link. Yeah, and I'm like. This guy hates TikTok, and yeah, and I don't click on them because I'm like, I'm not gonna watch it. Oh, they're funny. No, man. I'm sending them to you for a reason. They're yeah, I funny. know, but like, it's like I don't like if you, if you morally think I just don't understand why people are like let their morals slide when it comes to certain things. If you morally think TikTok mm. is bad, yeah, then TikTok is bad. Stop, stop adding time to it. In fairness. I don't think anyone who went on TikTok went on it thinking it was going to be good. Because I went, the first time I went on TikTok, <laughs> I was like, all of these kids are doing this TikTok thing. I'm, I think it's like musically, it's, this app mm, is so mm. stupid. So I made an account, I went in and I got addicted straight away. That's and dangerous. that's that's how they get you. It's one yeah. good video, one funny video. Yeah. The TikTok is dangerous. The TikTok is dangerous. So I call it the TikTok. But luckily for me, 
I got this. Both of your morality is very, very weak. Bendable, flexible. Morality should not be flexible. I know. It's just too good. It's it's so bad that it's good. I I think that's what it is. I'll never upgrade to any paid versions or anything, though. Do you know what I mean? Just, it doesn't matter. Just, it's done by an algorithm. They're making money from you from literally just watching TikTok. Watching adverts. I know. And then definitely you sending people links, I making just, it worse. I know. I know. This I'm working true. on it. My, here's my issue with TikTok. And it's 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 more about, again, personal power, right? I'm quite self-aware. So I feel all right watching TikToks because I know what I'm watching. Funny, funny, funny. This person makes me feel unfollowed. I've got the discipline to like get rid of the bits that don't don't hit my soul nice so i can have a good time on tiktok my fear is for those people who who don't yet have that complete self-awareness or or know how fake the world is out out there that it starts its self-esteem and stuff and i saw a video the other day of like asia's version of of tiktok and the western version of tiktok and they're two completely different experiences in in, in asia they're like hey look at this person who's done this amazing engineering project and that kind of thing over here it's like hey look at this person shaking their booty can you shake your booty like this and it's like ah one of them's gonna really grow their economy and create a really creative and and high skilled workforce the other's gonna i feel like you're still arguing my point i'll be honest i feel like if we were conservative versus labor you'd be fighting for the wrong party right now because you've literally just listed all the reasons that it's bad it's bad it's horrible and yet here you are still sending links so um i know it's so funny it's so funny but yeah if you are using the tiktok just please 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 filter your feed that's all i'm saying filter your feed all right choose the people that add to your soul those who take away delete block all that good stuff so they never come up on your for you page ever again ever and then go to the following section because then you've picked them people but anyway we digress that's a whole episode we'll do a whole social media episode yeah it's i think that's its own subject but yeah. we i think we covered the the main points that the feedback i had so that's great what i would say is from the whole perspective of an employee if you're worried about starting these conversations it doesn't have to be a case where you're saying i want a meeting with you let's sit down and have that formal talk it can simply be a passing question like do you think there's any um promotions available soon if they say no you know that there's not and deal with that if they say yes then that can open a door to the conversation it doesn't have to be scary and formal but I would say just make sure you can back up what you're asking for because a lot of the time mm. people can't and that's why they're getting rejected so much. If you do know you're doing a lot of work, document it, even if it's just mm-hmm. for you to refer back to so that in the future you have the evidence and it gives you more credibility when you are asking for these things because you're not the only employee that's going to be asking for more money. Yeah, keep your receipts. Yeah, But I also think that employers shouldn't put so much responsibility on the employees to always be raising these topics it should be something that employees are keeping track of to an extent i know like if you've got a thousand employees it's difficult but if you are noticing that someone is doing good work just make a note of it yeah (laughs) yeah because it's positive reinforcement isn't it like i know i said oh kind words don't pay the bills but to some people it means a lot just to be like you're doing a good job just so that you know that i know love languages right yeah, different things, different people. But I think if you are always telling someone they're doing a good job and then on the back end you're not really giving them anything because of it. You mean like, I don't know, going outside your house at three o'clock and clapping? Yeah. For a year. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Not, and not, you know, <laughs> not giving it, them a Liverpool yeah. yeah. That's That's where the problem lies. <laughs> Absolutely. But the more that you, I think the more you congratulate someone, you as a person 
kind of recognise that they're doing a lot as well. True. So I think there's improvement to be made on both sides. I think quiet quitting isn't the way to go only because there's no communication. And in any circumstance, if you're not communicating, nobody knows what's happening. You don't know if your employer had something in the pipeline for you. And now that you're doing less work, they can't give it to you now. Mm. So you've just ruined your own opportunity. And the employer might not know that you even wanted a promotion in the first place. That's why they could have given it to the next person because they asked for it and you didn't. So they thought you were comfortable where you were. So there's pros and cons for both. I think, like you guys said, raise the conversations for people that find it a bit awkward. There's things like HR that you can go talk to. I'm sure like some Mm. places have other ways that you can talk to people. Send an email if you can't do it in person. Yeah. A lot of people prefer that. Send a text. But in some way, make it known. I think that's the easiest way to go about it if you struggle with going directly to your employer. And if you're worried about like negative backlash, there are things in place to protect you from that. If you are being treated unfairly, there's ways that you can combat it. So just, everyone just chill out a little bit. (laughs) I think we're all being very dramatic. (laughs) Just a little bit. Um, Oh, actually, that's a great point on the communication. Email's the best. Aside from speaking, email's the best. And like, even after the conversation, I'd send an email. Thanks for the chat earlier. Just confirm we spoke about da-da-da purely because there's a record of it yeah you got it in writing yeah and text can be deleted and emails are e- just email email will be beautiful even social media my facebook got hacked lost all my messages on there so if i had been keeping up evidence of conversations my employer on gone. facebook gone. gone so yeah email is is beautiful so uh, even after a physical a, a verbal conversation a physical meeting take notes get an email out thanks for your time earlier just confirm here's what we spoke about here's what i'm going to do moving forward speak to him for emails send you're covered. You've got a paper trail. Paper trails are powerful. Powerful. So, yeah. Beautiful. I feel like we covered... I feel like we, we went back over and, and filled the Yeah, I feel like it's so, so good for people, like employees in particular, to hear employers' perspectives because I think a lot mm. of things are, like, they happen undercover. Employees know what they need to know and that's pretty much it. So I think mm. opening the conversation and explaining a little bit more from, like, employees' point of view, you've got a very different point of view as well. Hearing that, mm. it makes... A lot of things make more sense to me now than they did before. I'm still in the middle. Really? I'm still in the middle. I see it from both perspectives. But I understand why things might happen a little bit more now. So if they Mm. if they ever do happen to me, luckily I'm in a position where these things don't really affect me that much. And if they do, Mm. I can just text you guys. It's not a big of a deal. Um Yeah, text me, don't email me. Don't email you. (laughs) I think just on on one thing, you said um earlier, like worked them for a while, like two years. And I think a lot of big employers especially have probably been in that business or that sector for a long time, especially ones that make the decisions about moving up. And I think for them, two years was used to be nothing. People mm. used to be in a role and work for the same company for 25 years. So, and they wouldn't see any progression until their five, seventh year. I think, although yes, they should be learning about the fact that times have changed, it's also to educate people now, like being in a job for two years is actually a really long time. Mm. Um, where 25 years was like the long, like a, a long time then mm. now 10 years is a long time so we've like halved it so people that used to go up in five years should be looking to go up in two and a half yeah. and I think it's about having those open conversations which is why I say meeting with your team once every two weeks where those things can just be chatted about for an hour is really helpful you mentioned HR and I think HR is really funny because a lot of people don't like their HR or don't even know who their HR are. Mm. And I think HR need a lot 
to do a lot more but also employees know they're there for the company at the end of the day and they feel like they're not there for them which is why I feel like companies should bring somebody else in from outside for those two three days to just sit and have a one-to-one so those people feel like they can share something and then they can have a conversation in that time to go well this is the best way that you could approach this person or they could go back to your employer and go listen they want to, a couple of people said this, that and the other, what's the best way for them to approach this? Almost like a middle ground. Mm. Um, like a mediator. Yeah, where it's not HR, where they don't feel like, well, th- I know this is gonna go back to my manager, I know they're gonna know it's from me, um, even though they are there for you, so they shouldn't be doing that. But mm. I know that people do feel that. So um, yeah, I just feel like from employers, that's what they could do from the other side. They need to learn that that two year period is actually now equivalent to being there for in a company for five years and in addition getting somebody else in to do that middle ground communication would be really helpful i think it would help people retain more especially when people are working from home that makes a lot of sense actually i think you look across your life and you'll see that pattern like even simple things like in football you had like (laughs) always because arsenal top of the league so just while we're at the top it's got to be mentioned every single time for those of you watching the video, I realize I've got a jacket on, but let me take it off for oh. a second, just so I can show, yeah? Representing, top of the league. Anyway, um, but even in football, you had like your and Wenger's, one of the greatest managers, if not the greatest manager to ever manage again. Sir Alex Ferguson, you had these managers who were at teams for years. Now, someone does six months, doesn't do a good job, they're out, they're coming for a year, they're out. The, the turnover's crazy. Same with TV. Look Same at how as long... members of parliament. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Look at TV. How long do like your favourite se- se- programmes last? Now? Everyone's getting like a few seasons and it's the next thing. Like there's not many like staple. Lo- Look at Fresh Prince and how long that went on for and how many different generations it touched. So I just think everything is getting like a lot more shorter. And so don't look at this area of your life and assume it's not going to be the same there look at what's going on in the world it, it is still relevant apply it to your business think okay how can i it's kind of like gap that trend and how can i work on it so yeah this is the, i think quiet quitting is not the way personally but i get it and i think employers actually have a lot of power to stop it by just doing those little things and employees have a power to stop it almost as well. like people sitting and sticking themselves to the road oh gosh don't yeah. know how that's going to solve climate change uh, whereas if they actually sat down and had a conversation with uh, uh, we've got a whole over. climate change podcast coming up because some, oh, of, fair. some of the protests are so performative mm. it's to the point where people are like is this a hoax or is this like wow pushing thing? people in the opposite direction yeah to be fair there's a lot of no. things going on right now that are pushing people in the opposite direction <laughs> to where you intend to because of how aggressive you come across because of how offended you get on the other side because of the fact that I'm trying to get to work in my electric car and you're you're telling me about climate change. I'm like, bro. Yeah. I'm an electric car <laughs> with solar panels on the house and my heating's off and, and I'm sat here in traffic when I've done everything an individual can do and I'm still getting blocked. So yeah, I completely agree. Like, we know where the House of Parliament are. Go glue yourself there. Like, why are you... Yeah, anyway. But for me, that's a little sense. bit like the equivalent. Like, mm. don't just do things passively. It's like that whole passive aggressive thing. Don't do it passively. Go and take it to the person that can actually make the change. Yeah. Because if you just leave it inside or you stick yourself to a road, yeah. nothing's going to change, sadly, for you. It's, it's lovely oh. that you're doing it. And I can see the point that you're making, but it's actually not making the point to the right person. You're just making a point on TikTok or you're making a point to the drivers in their car that yeah. can't change the law. 100%. It's like when going to school, it's like, oh, I hate the uniform. I'm like, cool, how many of you are on school council? 
No hands. Well, the uniform's not going to change. Then you join the school council. Join the school council, people, if you haven't got that yet. I'm all up for school uniform, though. Big up school uniform. I love school uniform. I don't mind school uniform. Oh, my bl- I love I just don't get the whole, like, socks thing. You know, when schools are really adamant that you have you, like, It needs to be dark socks. socks. You yeah, cannot have colourful socks. We don't want to see your personality. It's really not that serious. I think school uniforms should be fixed. Socks, custom, by custom, <laughs> whatever you want. Backpack, whatever you want. Yeah. Pencil case, whatever you want. Like, give me some space to just express myself have some wiggle bit. room in the summer as well why are you making these kids sit in like jumpers and <laughs> since it's 24 degrees outside <laughs> literally just relax man it's all right especially as the world of work now the, the uniform policies changed the whole bunch anyway so yeah i agree have a uniform but relax it's okay listen thank you very much you could have been anywhere in the world listening to anything Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and you chose to listen to the Aim Not Higher podcast. We appreciate you. We appreciate the feedback. Like I say, this is a podcast for you. So when you uh, let us know what what you need, dwelled, dwelled or delved? Oh, wow. Did you dwell dwelled. Or That's not a wow. word. Delved. Delved. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. Do you know I got an A star in English literature? I don't know how. Did you know that you're a speaker point. as well? You just said dwelled a word that doesn't exist. And I get exist. paid to speak. I am also, I do write poetry. And in poetry, you can do what you like poetic license so i'm going to use my poetic license and say dwell into i can't remember what i was saying now it's that threw me that was so bad that it threw no, me completely. no one has any idea what you're talking about so yeah uh, no like i don't know what we're delving into I, I it's gone it's absolutely gone listen thanks for listening thanks for your opinions thanks for your questions keeps us on track keeps us uh yeah doing what you want us to do so if you've got any other questions we are on Instagram, <clears throat> the TikTok, uh, Twitter, and email, and anywhere you get your podcast. And if you think there's one person who could benefit from it, share the podcast with them as well. Thank you for your time. I've been Kamal. I've been Storm. I have been Eliza. I've never got that I have been. You know what I mean? Like, who else would you have been other than you? Like, who started that? And why did everyone continue? I guess, like, if I was a teacher, I'd be like, I've been Mrs. Ellis Hyman. You know, like, because otherwise, like, if I was alive, I maybe wouldn't say certain things. Oh, got Whereas you. If I, no, sorry, if I was Mrs. Ellisheimer, maybe I wouldn't be, like, political or maybe I wouldn't swear, you know what I mean? Whereas if I'm alive, I'm like, oh, I'm just being funny. <laughs> my authentic self. Oh, my gosh, you need to do an episode on the authentic no, self. Let's <laughs> <laughs> no, and, let's and not. And the term, my truth. No, 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 I'm, I'm just speaking my truth. Okay? That, that will be an episode where there'll be a lot of beeping girls <laughs> Oh, I'm just telling you my truth, Eliza. It's just my truth, okay? You gotta deal with that. I'm six foot five and I'm hench. That's my truth, okay? You gotta deal with that. <laughs> Listen, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Peace. Have some cake before that episode. I think a lot of cake. I'd love some cake. I'd also love a freestyle from you both if there's a few seconds left of the. No. no?